Hi, welcome back to Tell Me About Your Job, the show where we learn the ins and outs of different professions straight from the professionals themselves. If you've ever wondered what different jobs are actually like, then you're in great company. Whether you're looking for a career change or just figuring out a college major, then this is the show for you. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Josh Nasser. Today I'm joined by Allie Reed, who's an electromagnetic effects engineer at Boeing in Oklahoma City. Allie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So we'll jump right into it. Tell me about your job. I'm an electrical engineer, but it's more specific at Boeing, and we do electromagnetic effects, which is a little hard to explain, but I'll try to get into that. Um, Basically, we verify that the aircraft, the systems on it, and all of that is electromagnetically compatible. So um, if you've heard of EMI or electromagnetic interference, that's something that we check for. We're looking for electromagnetic fields, things like that, and we're trying to make sure that it's not causing problems with like the systems or anything like that um, that are already on the aircraft. So like radios, different things like that, that it could cause interference with. In addition to that, we do things like lightning protection. So making sure that when the aircraft gets hit with lightning, that it can dissipate correctly and um, not damage anything or cause like a loss of function to any of the systems on the aircraft. Okay. That sounds awesome. And also (laughs) airplanes get hit by lightning? Yeah, they do all the time. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. A little more afraid to fly. No, actually, fun fact, uh, the safest place to be during lightning strikes is actually on the inside of an aircraft because of the way that they're designed. So Okay, and that's yeah. thanks to people like you, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that sounds super cool, Allie. So you're an electromagnetic effects engineer, which I guess is a more specific like subset of electrical engineering. Yes. So how long have you been doing that and how did you get started? So I've been doing it for four years, um, which I got this job uh, right after graduating from OU. So this is pretty much all I've been doing since I graduated. And it it was kind of uh, almost happenstance that I got this job. So it was the spring that I was graduating. Someone shared that Boeing was having a career fair. And so I went and stood in line and they were asking if anyone had programming experience. Me and like one other person raised their hand. They drug us to the front and the programmer was like, hey, looking at your resume, you really don't have the programming experience we need. And I was like, yeah, I kind of figured that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And she was like, but looking at your classes, there's another group that's hiring that I think would be great for you. And so she takes me over. The guy's asking me about these classes. And I'm trying to talk about electronics because that's what I knew more about, I felt like. But he kept asking me about my EMF class, which is electromagnetic fields. And I was like, why is he asking me about this? And so I basically just like spilled every term and every concept I knew about the class <laughs> at him because I was like, maybe he'll stop asking me. <laughs> That's when he was like, okay, yeah, do you want an interview? And I was like, um, okay, sure. <laughs> and so that's kind of how that happened. And then I got hired on and I was like, I don't even fully understand what I'm going to be doing. And I would ask them to explain it to me. And they're like, you'll figure it out when you get here. And I was like, okay, cool. Good to know. <laughs> that's awesome. So you mentioned um, going to OU. So what type of an education do you actually need to get into this field? So you would need to be um, an electrical engineer or we've had a couple of physics engineering students. Um, So a lot of the work that we do has to do with electrical and physics um, engineering. So I would say that those are the two that they hire into our specific group. Okay, cool. That makes a lot of sense. What made you want to go into electrical engineering in the first place? 
Um, well, so my dad was an electrical engineer, so I grew up with that. But also just, I actually always enjoyed writing and languages. And that's originally mm. what I wanted to do. <laughs> but It's a little um, bit different. It's a little bit different, yeah. But when it came down to it, I was able to get basically more financial aid and it seemed like a more stable financial decision to go into electrical engineering. And I'd had a teacher in a math class of mine tell me that he thought I was really good at math and that I should do something with that. And so I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And so went into it and stuck with it. So that's awesome. Getting back to your actual job now, what does an average day actually look like for you? So an average day, I feel like I'm trying to think if there is an average day. <laughs> yeah, that's such a loaded question. And yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> so we, I would say an average day looks a lot like sitting at my computer and either reviewing documents or going to meetings. Um, while I say that's an average day, there are a lot of days that are very different from that where we are writing documents. Sometimes we have a lab where we can test equipment in. So occasionally mm -hmm. we're in the lab. Um, we travel quite frequently, so that can disrupt and we'll be on travel. Some days we're just in meetings all day long. Sometimes we don't have meetings, but I would say an average day is reading a lot of documents, writing a lot of documents, and attending meetings. Okay, so it sounds like a lot of time on a computer, obviously, like you said. How much hands-on time would you say you actually get like in the lab or on travel? So that would be maybe like 15 to 20% of the time. I am personally rarely in the lab, but we have some people who are in the lab a lot. Um, but I'm actually on travel pretty often. And I would say that I go on two to three trips a year. So mm -hmm. maybe maybe closer to like 10 or 15%, I would say. So there is still some variation in what you're doing. It's not all just reading documents. All day <laughs> yeah. <long. laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, awesome. So what is your favorite part about the job? I think my favorite part is how much different kinds of work we do, if that makes sense. I don't know if I said that <laughs> correctly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do a lot of different kinds of things. So the documents that we write even are completely different almost every time we do it. So it might be a lightning analysis and it might be similar to one we've done before, but it's going to be different because it'll be for a different system or a different aircraft. And so every time, even if we're writing the same type of document, it's different. And there are multiple different kinds of documents that we do. So I kind of like how it varies and it doesn't really get boring because of that. Yeah, I could see that. Tell me more about this lightning analysis. That sounds <laughs> like a really cool thing. <laughs> it's actually like not that insanely interesting, I guess. <laughs> uh, so basically we kind of just look at like how our the external components, things put on the fuselage of the aircraft, how are they put on there? And are they put on there in a way that basically lightning can dissipate? So if lightning strikes the aircraft, that energy has to be able to get off of the aircraft mm -hmm. and not cause damage to anything. And so if it hits something and it's like hitting too much resistance, it can build up and then arc and it could cause damage to something else. So we have to make sure that when these things, antennas or otherwise, are put on the outside of the aircraft, that when a lightning strikes it, it can like come off the aircraft and flow through it without causing damage to something else. Okay, that's super cool. And <laughs> I'm not going to believe you the next time you tell me something's not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of going along those same lines, what is your least favorite part of, about the job? I think my least favorite part is we're actually very, very social in our group. 
is built in a very team manner, which is great. And it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But also we have to uh, talk to the other groups, which is also nice. But sometimes it can be a lot and it can take up a lot of time. And it can sometimes be a little bit mentally and emotionally draining to be talking mm-hmm. all day long to other people. And I think whenever I looked at engineering and I was like, oh, this will be great. I'm an introvert, so I'll have plenty of time to not talk to people. <laughs> and then I got a job that kind of requires me to put my extrovert hat on and <laughs> just kind of like talk to people all day long. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Speaking of which, how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected that working as a team and the social aspect of your job? I've enjoyed it. To some extent, I have missed being able to go over and talk to my friends or go to someone's desk and just sit next to them and be like, okay, explain this to me or I explain it to them. But I'd say for the most part, I enjoy being able to work autonomously. And so Mm -hmm. that's been really good for me. And I still feel pretty connected to my team because we have meetings twice a week. And so, and whenever they call me, it's a little bit more maybe intentional than it has been before. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I can enjoy it a little bit more and I feel a little bit more focused on the conversation. So I think for me, I feel like it's been a little bit better, but I'm not sure if that's the case for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It, It gives you a little bit more time to be able to focus on your work with no distractions. And then the, the conversations you do have to have are a little more focused. They, they have a little more reason to happen maybe and maybe they happen a little bit quicker because they're over the phone or they're over a video chat or something. Yeah, exactly. So I know you said this is not necessarily the job you were thinking you were going to get coming out of college. What's something that kind of surprised you when you actually got into the field and you realized, oh, this is what I do? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, kind of the whole job. Like I said, I I didn't (laughs) know what I was getting into. I had taken one class over this material at OU. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to take more than that, it's an elective, but this is considered a weed out class. And (laughs) it's one of those where like the highest score people make is the 30% and then they curve it way up so that that's somehow an A. Um, So I didn't know a whole lot going in because I was like, I don't feel like I understand this class super well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But basically my manager, whenever I first started, he said, no, no, no one really teaches this super well. So we don't expect you to know everything, but we're going to train you and we'll teach you. And so we got into it and I found out that that class, you know, as difficult as it was, was actually a really great foundation because I at least Mm -hmm. understood the concepts really well. But then coming into it and I still get surprised, like there's still things that, you know, four years in, I haven't touched yet and I haven't come across, but I know it's there. And, um, yeah, so, and I think that's what kind of surprised me too is the application of it. So when I was taking this class, I'm sitting there thinking, I know this is important, but like, I don't really understand what the application is of this. I don't understand where this comes into real life. It just seemed like this crazy theory out in the ether that I would never, ever touch or use. And then I get in and I realize it's remarkably applicable um, to not only aircrafts, but even just the electronics that we use or like sound systems during concerts and things like that. I started noticing like, oh, oh, that's EMI or, you know, different things like that, mm-hmm. that I think in my head before it just would have gone straight over my head. I wouldn't have noticed that or thought about that. So I think probably, you know, that was a really long way to get to answer your question. <laughs> What surprises me is how applicable this material was and how um, present it is, but I wasn't aware of it before. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And I think that brings up a really good point that people don't talk about often enough, which is as much schooling as you go through and as prepared as you might think you are for anything, 
you never are until you're there. <laughs> no, <laughs> you really aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what they're going to be doing in their job the first day or the hundredth day or the, you know. Yeah, exactly. So. I think too, yeah, that's something with my education. I kind of thought I have to know everything in these classes or I'm not going to be able to do anything at my job. <laughs> But you learn that a lot of times what they're teaching you is a broad range of subjects so that when you go into that, you can specialize for what the job needs you for. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I know that in my own experience, I learned so much more on the job and through internships than I ever learned in college. I think the, the classes in school definitely prepared me for that in the sense that I was exposed to the topics and I had general ideas of what I was looking for, but I definitely couldn't have done my job without the actual learning and training that I did on the job. Yeah, for sure. I've had the same experience. That's awesome. It was really cool to hear you put that into words. (laughs) (laughs) What are some qualities that you would look at in somebody and say, you're well suited to be an electrical engineer? So I think like just for an electrical engineer in general, um, there's a lot of math in the degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to get the degree, I think you have to get comfortable with math at some point, but at the same time, I don't actually use a lot of math in my, in my day-to-day job. So, yeah. uh, and I, you know, I'm sure that there's other, other fields where you use that more, but we use a lot more the concepts. So also I think someone who's uh, willing to study and read a lot, because I feel like a lot of engineering jobs, we have to read a lot and go through designs and look at tech manuals and things like that. So honestly, I know that this maybe isn't something that's emphasized, but I would say reading comprehension is actually really important to mm-hmm. being an electrical engineer, because you're going to have to be reading um, a lot of different manuals and understanding a lot of different concepts. So I would say those two things are really important if you're wanting to go into electrical engineering. And I also think communication, too, because it's easy to know what we're talking about. It's much harder to explain it. And Mm -hmm. at work, I've seen multiple times, like, I've run into this with myself. And I've seen it with other people where we struggle to communicate what we're doing. But we have to do it to someone who may not even be an engineer. They may have gotten a business degree. And so they're like, you need to bring this way, way down for me because I don't have the same basis of the the science and the math that you have. So I need you to bring it down for me. Or even just, you know, there's a mechanical engineer that I have to explain to them why I need this information from them. And, um, and there's an electrical wiring team, so they're electrical engineers. And so even us communicating with one another. So I think communication is also really important in that. No, it definitely sounds like it. And I think reading comprehension is interesting. I think kind of like you were saying, you hear engineering and you think math, 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 math. The problem is at some point, there's no longer somebody teaching you the math or teaching you these things, you have to learn them yourself and apply them, learn them well enough to apply mm-hmm. them and to explain them. So reading comprehension, that's very important. Yeah. I like that. So how would you describe the work-life balance in your life right now as an engineer? So that's one thing that I really like about Boeing, at least for, I think my position and a lot of other people's positions is we're able to um, have a work-life balance. So there's an mm-hmm. expectation of eight to nine hours a day and we charge per contract. So we're considered salary, but we do log each hour that we work. And so because of that, there's overtime, there's things like that. And part of that is to prevent us from having to work 12 or 15 hour days and just like not having a life outside of it, which is really important to me. I'm all about work-life balance. I want to have a job that I enjoy, but I also want to have a life that I enjoy. And I want to be able to be part of community and be able to 
you know, hang out with friends and my dog and exercise and be healthy and, you know, enjoy life. So Boeing is, is pretty good about work-life balance. There are times that we have to work overtime and there's not good work-life balance, but I would say that that lasts for like two, maybe three weeks. And then most of the rest of the year, it's not like that. That's awesome. I definitely agree. A job you enjoy is important and I hope that everybody finds that in their life, but a life you enjoy is definitely more so. Yeah. In your position as an engineer, what does the future kind of look like? Like as you move along in your career, what are kind of the prospects or places you can expect to move up? So at Boeing, there's like a few different tracks that you can kind of do. And I think there are a few other companies that do something similar. So there's always the opportunity of management if you want to do that. And that's actually pretty popular at Boeing is to kind of like encourage people to go towards leadership positions and different things like that. They also have a different track, which is the one that I'd like to take, which is called a technical fellowship. And Mm -hmm. that's basically, you kind of become an expert in your field for that specific thing. And it can take years and years to do it, but it's an alternate to the management track. So I don't personally want to be a manager. I really enjoy the technical things and I enjoy less of the day-to-day interactions with, not I enjoy interacting with people. That sounds bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't enjoy the like office politics, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's something that I I would like to avoid having to be directly involved in. (laughs) And I enjoy the technical aspect a lot. So technical fellowship is something that I'd like to do where you kind of dive into the weeds of something and you get to be really, really good at it and you become someone who's an expert in that field. So those are kind of within Boeing what you can do. And then um, honestly, outside of that, like having experience in electromagnetics is a pretty big deal right now. And there's a lot of companies um, that are looking for those expertise and sometimes they're more specialized. So with us, Mm -hmm. like I said, we have a lot of different things that we do there are some companies who want to hire for testing. So they want you in a lab constantly um, or on an aircraft or doing different things like that. And then there's other ones that they want you doing analysis. So there's opportunities, I think, outside of that, if you get that kind of experience. But I would say, especially with Boeing, it's a lot of like management or technical fellowship that you can go towards, or there's program engineering and different things like that. Yeah, I think that's cool that there are paths forward that do not necessarily lead to management because I think some people aren't suited for it and some people don't want it. So it's really cool that you can pursue the the primarily technically focused track. Yeah, for sure. So next is the question that I know a lot of people are interested in, especially in the engineering field. How much can someone realistically expect to make, especially kind of right out of college and right as they're starting their career? It changes each year with inflation, but I would say probably around sixty-five to 70000 in Oklahoma is kind of the average that I see. And it depends also on where you go. So we talked about work-life balance, and I would say companies that allow work-life balance and overtime, comp time, and things like that, from what I've noticed, they tend to be a little bit below the median or like right at the median. Mm. And then other ones that require more of your life and will require 60 plus hours a week are going to be above the median. And is there a lot of growth in that as you go throughout your career? Yeah, there's a lot of growth in that. And, you know, again, it kind of depends on where you go, but I mean, it can change drastically um, depending on what kind of work you do and where you go and the hours that you work and different things like that. But there's also mm-hmm. promotions. Boeing's pretty good about promotions and raises every year. So that's nice. And there's growth in your salary as you go along. Cool. Thanks for breaking that down. If you were to talk to, say, a high schooler or maybe a college student today, and they told you, 
hey, your job sounds really cool and I think I want to do it. What would you tell them as some good first steps or next steps in order to actually pursue that? Yeah, so I would tell them to get involved in robotics. That's a really, really great intro. Honestly, I think if you're going to do any engineering, I think robotics is, it's really cool and it's really fun. Um, Some people might think it's really nerdy, but I loved robotics so much. (laughs) Um, And I actually mentor a robotics team in Shawnee currently, and it's just, it teaches them programming, teaches them some basic physics. There's also circuit design. And there's a lot that goes into robotics that will help you as an engineer, just processing how to build things and how to make them function in the real world. And I wish I had done that kind of stuff in middle school, high school. They can start as young as nine years old for a lot of these programs. And then they get more and more difficult as they get older. Some of these kids in high school are like building insane robots that can like, I don't know, they can carry water whatever it's you can look them up um on youtube and i'm just like i don't even i'm an electrical engineer and i don't even understand how you're doing that but that's great <laughs> um but i think that that's really good and i would also say like try really hard to understand math but don't get discouraged if it doesn't click at first just keep working at it math did not click with me until i was like in college And (laughs) I took some classes um, at a junior college and that's when it started clicking for me. But before then I was just like, I don't know about this, (laughs) but I stuck with it. And I think when you stick with that stuff, it'll click eventually. Okay. Awesome. Allie, we're about done here. Is there anything else you'd like to say to any of our listeners before we go? Uh, No, I can't think of anything, but thanks so much for having me on here. Yeah, thanks so much for for joining me and talking about your job and letting me know a little bit more about electrical engineering and specifically, you know, electromagnetic. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Awesome. You have a good one, Allie. You too. Bye. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you liked it, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, download some more, subscribe, or even share some episodes with a friend. It's only because of you listeners that I get to do what I do. As always, catch you guys later.